Have you guys ever heard the saying, you're going into a storm or you're coming out of a storm or you're in a storm? Well, I've heard that saying my entire life. We're either going in a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we're in a storm. And to be honest, I I hate that saying. Uh, I feel like it's one of the most morbid, depressing sayings there is. Like, oh, your life's going well, well, just give it a couple days, and before you know it, you're going to hit another storm. Um, But the truth of it is, is that is life, right? We're either going into a storm at some point, you're going to be in the middle of a storm, or you're going to be coming out of a storm. Storms are inevitable. It's, it's kind of like the weather in Florida. It's completely unpredictable. You cannot predict the weather. It's kind of like predicting when the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. We just, we can't do it. I, I love the Bucks, but it's, you, we predict every year. This is going to be the year, right? Um, it's, do we have any people who love checking the weather on their phone? Um, I, I don't understand you. Uh, <laughs> We live in Florida, right? It is called the Sunshine State. Just give it 10 minutes after the storm, and it's going to be sunny again. Um, I'm not here to bash. I love Florida. I love where we live. But if you live here long enough, storms are going to come, right? We know that. Storms are coming, but just give it a couple minutes. The sunshine's coming out. We have these beach baptisms, which I love. They're coming up. You guys got to come out if you've never experienced one. But every beach baptism is so funny because... I mean, the storm clouds are, like, coming in. Everyone's on their phone. They're checking the radar, and they're saying, man, like, we're about to, it's Armageddon's coming, you know. And then, boom, the rain comes, and everyone dashes for their cars. And then what happens? Ten minutes later, sunny again. If you live in Florida long enough, you're going to have a bad weather story. It's, it's inevitable, right? We're it's just, it's, it comes with the territory. Um, I've got a lot of bad weather stories uh, they go back as a kid. My my dad. I love my dad. I don't know if he's yeah, he's in the room. Um, <laughs> he tried to have these bonding experiences with me as a as a child, and um, I never forget this one. I was 12 years old. He invited me to go down with him to go deep sea fishing in Grand Isle, Louisiana, and uh, we take off on this boat, and it's like. 12-foot seas, but when you're 12 years old, it feels like it's like 30-foot seas, right? And we're just going out 60 miles to these oil rigs. And I don't know if there's ever anyone in this room who has the gift of being a graceful vomiter. Um, <clears throat> I, I was not blessed with that skill. Uh, and so, you know, before you know it, I'm just spraying everywhere. It was just awful. And uh, all my stories, for some reason, bad storms have to do with being on the water. A couple years ago, I had an opportunity to crew on this boat from West Palm up to Nantucket. And we pull into, on the way, we stop in the port of Charleston, which is awesome. Uh, there's a spot called the Mega Docks, and you, we pulled in there. And then the next morning, the captain's like, guys, like, we have to leave. We've got to beat this storm, you know. You know where this is going. So... I'm behind the helm, I'm driving, the captain's down below in his nav station, he's like plotting the course of where we're going to have to get out to, and we see, my friend and I are on the, on the top of the boat, and we see this storm coming, and we're like, there is no way we're going to outrun this thing, and he's telling us, you know, we got this, I'm plotting it out, I can see the winds, I know how f- quickly the storm's moving in, and we're on the f- top of the boat seeing this thing just come, and eventually, uh, I, I look to my friend. I'm like, this, this, is not, this is not good. This, we're going to hit this thing. 
And we, my friend calls. He keeps calling the captain up on the deck. He's like, hey, you, j- you just really should come and see what we're seeing. We know you've got all your gadgets and radars down there. So he comes eventually. He comes onto the deck of the boat. And <laughs> my buddy, and he's not the most respectful guy you've ever met. Uh, he says in the most sarcastic tone, he goes, Captain, looks like a storm. What says you? <laughs> and, <laughs> and sure enough, we hit this storm, and I mean, it was so bad. The wind, the rain, it's coming down sideways. We lost our GPS. It was blowing so hard. We had to turn around and come in, and uh, I'll never forget. My friend says it to me all the time now. Anytime we see a storm, Ethan, looks like a storm. What says you? And, and it's, it's funny because if, if life, the captain, he tried so hard to predict this storm, right? But as we know, he didn't, and it's unpredictable, And that's the same with the storms of life. They are unpredictable. You're going to either go, be going into a storm, be coming out of a storm, or you're going to be right in the middle of a storm today. And I want to talk to you guys about this today because storms are real, the storms of your life. Um, I had a friend who called me this past week, close friend from college, got diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. Never would have planned that. Perfectly healthy came out of nowhere. We have these things that just happen out of nowhere. There are people here today with miscarriages that you just couldn't have planned for this. Losses, people that have passed away in our church. There's, there's real storms that you and I come across, and they're painful. And as uncontrollable as these storms are, today I want to talk to you about the one thing that God has given you and I control over in the middle of our storm. The one thing that you and I have control over in our storm is, come back next week and I'll tell you. No, <laughs> no, I actually speak like every three months. So come back in three months and I'll, the one thing that you and I have control over in the middle of our storm is our mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, what you think about most grows. Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor and say, what you think about most grows. I said just to your neighbor, not to everyone here. No. <laughs> um, the problem is, is you, I, we, we don't often know how to handle our, storm, our storms. We are very much so thinking beings. And so as middle, as soon as we hit a storm, we often are starting to think of what do I need to do to get out of this storm? Because the pain you're feeling, it's, it's real. And so, um, so many people give advice like, hey, just, just busy yourself, just get to work, it'll take your mind off things. Um, you know, what we do, we, we get on our phones, we scroll through Facebook, Instagram, just, just don't think about the storm, right? But just because you're not thinking about the storm doesn't mean you're not in a storm. And so what we do, uh, we justify when we're in the middle of the storm. And we feel that so often. Why do people turn to alcohol? Well, because it, it takes your mind off your current situation. It numbs you for the moment. But that doesn't mean that you're not working through the moment. Why do we turn to the next person or the next thing? Well, it takes our mind off what we're currently dealing with, but just because it takes your mind off what you're currently dealing with doesn't mean that you've learned the lesson of what God's trying to teach you 
in the middle of your storm. Is it just, just me that is like this? Or we're, all, we're with me, all right? And so we go through these cycles through life over and over and over again. And I think the reason why you continue to face the same storms in life is because you never learn the lesson of what God's trying to teach you in the middle of your storm. And so we carry these unlearned lessons into the next storm. And we carry these unlearned lessons into the next storm. And we, we create these cycles and we get caught up. And I know this is seeming overwhelming for you, but let's just take a deep breath. We can do this. God is going to speak some truth into our hearts today. Um, he has something specific he wants to share with you. Because what you and I think about most grows. And we're going to learn what to think about. And uh, God is going to break some cycles today. And he's going to speak some truth. So let me pray. And we'll dive into this together. All right. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for everyone in this room. Lord, we're all here today to run after you. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Um, God, thank you for what you want to teach us today. Lord, there are some people in this room that are going through real storms, and I know if we're not, eventually we will. Then, God, I I pray that you would teach us how to handle these, that you would speak truth into our lives, and today, God, we would encounter you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You guys ready? Let's do it. All right, so step one. You and I have to first become conscious of your consciousness. Think about that for a second. We got to learn to become conscious of our consciousness. We have to learn to become thoughtful of what we're actually thinking about. Do you realize what comes in and out of your mind every single day? When we're in the middle of the storm, what do we do? We start to plan out what's going to happen, what the future is going to look like, and we start to go off into these fantasies of here's what the future is going to be. And we start playing these scenarios out and we start to worry and we start to fear and anxiety begins to creep in. Or we start to create this fantasy in our mind of what the future is going to look like. And the truth of the matter is, is these are all lies. And so often we don't even realize what we're doing. We haven't become conscious of our consciousness. Uh, There's this verse that I want you guys to write down. It's 2 Corinthians 10.5. It's not on the screens today, but uh, I want you to write it down. I want you to check it out this week. It's an incredible passage of scripture. And it talks about taking captive every wrong thought. See, you and I, we have free will in our mind. We can choose to think what we want to think about. But if we can learn to take captive the wrong thoughts. But here's what I'm learning. You and I often can't take captive of wrong thoughts when we don't realize that we're thinking the wrong things. Are you with me? We have to learn to take captive, but are you even conscious that you're thinking the wrong things? I heard this quote this week. It says, spiritual warfare is having thoughts that are contrary to what God thinks. I love that because the battlefield is so often in the mind. We can think what we want to think about. It is up to you. What do you want to think about? Why would you have thoughts in your mind that God doesn't have? 
But so often we think about things that God isn't thinking about. And so we live in these places of fear and of doubt and depression because we've allowed ourselves to live in these fearful thoughts for so long. But today, I I really, this is to me, to all of us, we have to learn to become thoughtful of what we're thinking back, um, to take a cerebral step back and just see what is coming in and out of our mind every day and make a decision, am I going to allow these thoughts into my mind? Does your mind have control over you or do you have control over it? Um, The second step is this verse. I love this verse. It says, be still and know that I am God. Um, Secondly, we gotta learn to be still. Pens are moving, the apps are getting filled in. I like it. Be still. Um, I've heard this verse my whole life. You gotta be, just be still, you know? And I think often of like this serenic mountain scene with this calm lake. If we're just still for a moment, then we'll experience God. But what I'm, I'm learning right now in my life is how do you and I become mentally still? Mentally still. Have you stopped for a moment and just stopped the noise going on in your mind? See, there are all these thoughts that are racing through, and what I'm learning is that when you and I say, I'm going to be still, I'm not going to allow my mind to go down to these fearful places, or I'm not going to plan out what the outcome of these situations, it's kind of like mentally fasting. So when we fast, which we did this earlier this year, We took a food or something away that comforts us because we want God to become that comfort. See, when we are mentally still, we're saying, God, I'm not going to plan out my future. I'm going to allow you to be God over my life. It's a promise that when you are still, you will encounter God. So what does this look like for you in your life? I mean, can you mentally be still for 30 seconds? I'm not pointing the finger. This is to me as well. I mean, can you stop for a moment and literally stop thinking and say, God, I am no longer going to play these worst-case scenarios out, but I'm going to be still because when we become still, we encounter God. Amen? You guys are with me? So there's this kind of like big move right now of, you know, meditation, yoga. And I just want to say this, what this isn't. Eastern religion teaches us to empty our minds. That's not the point of what I'm saying. What I want to say is we have to stop thinking so that we can start thinking the right thoughts. So thirdly, you and I have to learn to fill and to focus um, have you guys seen the movie Up? I, I love that scene where the dog, like, squirrel, you know? Our, our mindset, we're just all over the place. We're just so hard for us just to focus on something for just a second. Um, it's a muscle that takes time that we have to learn to fill our minds with the truth. But the question I want to ask you guys today is we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the truth in your storm? What is the truth? What is the truth? Uh, I have my friend that I talked about. What is the truth in this person's life who's experiencing 
cancer right now that came out of nowhere? What is God trying to do? What is the truth in your storm? Um, one of my friends plays on the worship team. Uh, he's getting married. He and his fiance this next weekend. And, man, it's been rough for them. They, he lost his, his grandparent um, a couple of days later. Then she lost her grandparent. And they have this honeymoon. And you guys saw on the news the, uh, the crane that crashed on the cruise, right? Some of you. That was the place they were going for their honeymoon. You know, so that got canceled. You know, it's like all these things you just can't plan for in life. Like, but what is the truth in the middle of this storm? What is the truth in your storm, that business that you've been working on for so long that's just not working out? That relationship that's just not, what is the truth to what God is trying to teach you in your storm? It's up to us to fill our minds with this truth. So I was writing this sermon, uh, like, I'm working on it for a couple weeks now, but about a week and a half ago, I like to go to these coffee shops, and I kind of just put my headphones on, get by myself, and I was working on this message, and um, it was incredible. I got this text message right when I was writing this, and this person, I haven't really talked to them, I have no idea, kind of my situation, and uh, I know this text is a little long, and so for you people, you're like, attention spans don't last what we're talking, I need you to focus right now, Okay. I showed this earlier, everyone was like, oh my gosh, so many words. (laughs) Um, So I got this text, I'm going to read it, I need you guys, can can you lock in for a second? All right, five of you. Hey Ethan, this morning as I was praying for different things, the Lord put you on my mind and I was feeling led to remind you that God is a good father. He knows what you need, and we don't always understand his ways, but he is working for your good. He hears you, and he loves you, and is your advocate. The other day, I was watching the baby that I live with playing in our kitchen. She kept trying to open drawers and doors that she wasn't supposed to, and I kept closing them and telling her no, and she would start crying. All right, we're at the highlight part now. You guys with me? I felt like in that, God was showing me myself that I was like a little child who kept trying to open doors and God has been closing them because he knows there's something in those drawers that could hurt me and he is just trying to protect me because he knows better than I do. And to take it a step further, once the baby is a little older, she probably will be able to open the drawer and will know what to do with what's inside without being hurt. Just like as we grow and mature, we know how to handle certain things that we didn't when we were young. Anyways... I have no idea why this is all coming to my mind, but I was feeling led to share it with you. What is the truth in your storm? What is the truth in my storm? Is God removing finances from your life because he longs to teach you that he is the ultimate provider? Is he removing something from your life because he so longs to be the loudest voice in your life? Is he taking something good away because he wants something better for you and for me? What is the truth? And it's up to you and to me to begin to fill our mind with the truth. We're going to talk about a verse in just a second that says, think about such things. It's literally a command. We have to learn to think 
about these things. We have to learn to fill our minds with the truths. And if we don't, we're going to continue to repeat these cycles over and over and over again. I don't know what the truth is in your storm, but you got to learn what it is. You got to write it down. Is it sticky notes all over the house? Is it your wallpaper on your phone? Is it in your car? Is it everywhere you look? Because if you don't fill your mind with these truths, what's going to happen? You're going to start thinking of all the other wrong thoughts, and you're going to begin to go down this road and repeat the cycle again and again. Philippians 4.8, it says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. I read this verse before, and I felt like as I was reading it this week, I was revealed who is the only person that is pure, that is holy, that is righteous, that has ever walked this earth? Jesus. we can begin to learn to think about him, the next and last point today is we have to learn to think about the truth that we have a God who is always thinking about us. God is constantly thinking about you. If you haven't heard anything today, get this, okay? God is thinking about you right now. Jesus so longs to be near you and me. It says, behold, this is Revelation 3.20. says, behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. This passage of scripture, we often think it's written to unbelievers, but it's actually written to the church. It's written to you and to me that behold, here he is right now knocking at the door of your heart. We're thinking of all these other things in our life, but if we can begin to learn to fasten our mind on Jesus, that he so longs to be near you, that he so longs to be near me, when we realize this life-changing truth I'm learning, you're gonna put down the bottle because you realize although the bottle may numb the pain, that there's an invitation from Jesus right now to spend time with him. He longs to spend time with you. So we put these things away because we get to experience intimacy and we start to become satisfied with what our soul is actually longing for. We choose not to turn to the next person or the next thing because we realize that Jesus is actually longing to spend time with me and with you. We begin to, to put away these things in our life that have put us in these cycles year and year and year again because we realize that Jesus is so longing to be near you. Is Jesus the loudest voice in your life? He will often allow you and I to go through storms until he becomes the loudest voice in your life. Why? Because he loves you. He wants to be near you. He wants to be near me. And so you keep going through this storm over and over again, turning to all these different things and missing out. He's saying, here I am. I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. 
I want to come in. I want to be with you. I want to feast with you. Will you allow him to feast with you? Will you begin to feast with him? One day, Jesus says to his disciples, let's get in a boat and go across the lake to the other side. I hear that. I feel like that's the story of my life with my dad. He's like, let's just get in the boat, son, you know? (laughs) So they set sail. Soon Jesus fell asleep. The wind rose. The fierce wind became a violent squall and threatened to swamp their boat. So the disciple woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you see, God, that I'm in this storm right now? Don't you understand what I'm going through? He says, with great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly they stopped and became as smooth as glass. Then Jesus said to them, why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Shocked and shaken, they said with an amazement to one another, who is this man who has authority over the wind, winds and waves that they obey him? See, I think Jesus, if you notice this, their obedience led them into a storm. Sometimes saying yes to Jesus leads you into a storm. But the point of why Jesus led them into a storm was to show them that he is with them in the storm and that they now have the power and the command to calm their storm. Today, Jesus is with you in your storm. He longs to be near you in your storm, and now he's giving you authority over what you think about, and you can calm the storm in your mind. He is giving you the grace and the strength to be able to do that. Because if not, we're gonna continue to go down the same cycles again and again. Jesus says it, in this world, you will have many troubles, it's gonna come, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And you and I can overcome the things that so many times try to overcome us. We have to learn to become conscious of our consciousness. We have to become apparent to what the thoughts that are coming in and out of our mind every day. We have to learn to be still. Can you this week, every day, what does it look like? Set the calendar put it on your phone, set the reminder that I'm going to just for a minute, I'm not going to think about anything. And I'm going to let you be God. Just take a minute. I mean, let's start small here. Maybe that's too much. Let's start with 15 seconds, whatever, whatever it takes. Be still. And then we have to begin to fill and focus. What is the truth of what God's trying to teach you in your storm? Is he taking something good Whatever it is, begin to fill your mind. Put it all over the place because if not, you will not experience this last one. That There's a God who is constantly thinking about you and about me. When God becomes the number one relationship in your life, everything in this world can be falling apart, but you can experience peace, 
like no other because everything is good with you and the Father. So I want us to stand today in this place as we close. I'm going to invite the prayer partners to come forward now. But we're going to actually do these four things right now. Um, We're going to take some time to do this. And um, I don't know what your story is right now, but there's an invitation Even if you have been in relationship with Jesus your entire life, he longs for more of you. If it's your first day ever hearing who he is, he longs for more of you. And so we're going to do this right now. I'm going to just give us 15 seconds, all of us in the room, close your eyes. Let's just become, what are the lies and the thoughts that we have believed for so long? Can Can you identify? Jesus, I pray that you give us the strength now to identify the lies that we believe for so long. take time. Can we be still for a moment? Mentally still. We're not going to plan out what's going to happen later. What you are longing for, whether you know it or not, is an encounter with God. So let's be still mentally right now. truth in your storm right now? What is God trying to teach you? How can you fill and fix your mind on these truths? That you have a God right now who is knocking on the door of your heart. Every moment of every day, he's longing to spend time with you. Psalms 91 says, he who dwells in the shelter will rest in the shadow. It's not a place we just go visit. He desires for us to dwell with him. Let's fix our mind on this truth today. Jesus, we love you. I'm so grateful for this. I thank you for the storms, God. I thank you that you're in the storm. And you're trying to teach us how near you are to us. And how we have the power to still the storm. So, Father, thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. And we give you all that we are. But we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd invite you to come forth. If, if you are in a storm right now, these people want to pray for you. And if you're not in a storm, it's coming. So you might as well come and pray for them. Um, I love you guys. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.